Welcome listeners to the Premium Investment Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Damien Chilmey, Head of Investment Managers and Governance at Premium, one of Australia's fastest growing investment platforms. Today, we're joined by Katie Hudson from Yarra Capital to talk about Australian equities and a little bit about our guest. Katie Hudson is the Executive Director and Portfolio Manager focused on small and mid-cap universe. In addition, serves as the firm's Head of Australian Equities Research. Katie has more than 20 years experience in investment markets, including roles as an Equities Research Analyst and Portfolio Manager. Prior to transitioning to Yarra Capital, Katie was a Portfolio Manager and Managing Director at Goldman Sachs Asset Management. She previously worked at JM Financial Group, AR Capital, JB Weir, and started her career at PwC. And a little about Yarra Capital. Yarra was established in January 2017 as a boutique investment manager following the management buyout of Goldman Sachs Australian Management in Australian Equities and Fixed Income Capabilities. The firm has over 75 staff and manages over 19 billion funds under management. Welcome to the show, Katie. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Thanks for coming. Um, so we're going to talk about Australian equities, as we said, but it's also a timely uh, part of the year because uh, reporting season for the first half of uh, 23 is just about complete. And Katie and the team have already met with over uh, 200 CEOs to discuss their results and outlook, more importantly. And this is in a backdrop of some pretty monumental change in markets. Levels of inflation we haven't seen for over 30 years. Interest rates rising quickly by over 3% in a little over six months and forecasts for an impending recession. So these big changes have led uh, into quite a lot of volatility and some would argue great conditions for fundamental active funds management. So... Let's get into it. Let's start. We'll talk about reporting season. So uh, it's now complete for the first half. And you've met with uh, hundreds of CEOs, as we said, and analysed the results of many more companies, I imagine. So what are some of the key themes and key observations you've seen from this reporting season? Thanks, Damien. Uh, if I was to draw inferences across all of the meetings we've had, and it's always hard to draw conclusions you know, universally, but if I was to sort of call out some key themes, I'd say that price has been a very strong driver of revenue growth, uh, but that's been more than offset by margin headwinds. So we've seen cost inflation emerging, uh, and the margin headwinds have really meant that overall company results missed expectations. So we had almost 50% of companies miss their results, uh, downgrading, and so overall we've seen quite significant downgrades over the last month. Uh, to the point where now earnings forecasts so for F23 are around sort of 1% to 2% growth, which is quite a significant step down from where we were before. Mm. And so I imagine it's taken a little bit of time to uh, get through the market, all those kind of cuts. And so it, did these observation and commentaries from CEOs, did they match your thinking about economic conditions in Australia? Has anything changed after all these meetings? Yeah, they were largely consistent with our expectations and we haven't made major changes to the portfolio on the back of it. Uh, Certainly our expectation, and we saw evidence of this, was that inflation trends were starting to moderate. You know, things like freight, supply chains are normalising, a lot of hard and soft commodity prices have come off quite materially. So a lot of the important drivers of inflation are starting to reverse and we saw evidence of that. So 
um, you know, that was probably consistent with where we were thinking. Um, probably one thing that was probably a little surprising was um, what was happening to pricing power. So over the last 12 months, we've heard a lot of investors calling out, we want to invest in companies with pricing power. We're now starting to see the early signs of pricing power fatigue, uh, where there's some volume responses, where elasticity is an issue. Uh, and I think that second uh, derivative of pricing power, getting the next round of price growth through is going to be much harder for companies. Uh, and that will be a, a, another pressure to margins. Yeah, no, that's interesting. And so you touched on inflation may be moderating, but you know, what are your observations specifically about labour costs? Um, I think that's an interesting area. Have we seen earnings guidance take into account those increasing labour costs? Yes, I think what we're seeing now is inflation is moving from goods to services. So we've seen a lot of inflation growth for goods. Now we're starting to see it move through to wage rates. Uh, And certainly we asked every single company CEO that we met with, what are your intentions around labour inflation and wage rates? Uh, And 4 to 5% growth is the new normal. So it used to be sort of 1% to 3%. And is that also into FY24 as well? Yeah, absolutely. So that's when it will start to take effect. It's really their intentions about what they're going to do next. Uh, And that, I think, will be the key area of inflation that will prove to be quite stubborn Mm. uh, and will be hard for companies to, to keep under pressure. Uh, so four to five percent, I think, is probably the new normal. Mm. And that it's a challenging set of conditions for the RBA as well, too. If uh, if that does play out, where inflation probably may re- remain a bit stubborn. So you know, we talked about um, you know some normalisation. I think's been um, some a concept that's been talked about um, in this kind of market, and and it's occurred for a number of reasons. So we saw, you know, consumption changes during COVID. We saw big shifts throughout all of that, and then some, uh, some sense normalising now. You know, does this sense of over-earning uh, mean there's some value traps out there in the value complex? Yeah, I think you have to be careful at this point in an economic cycle at leaning too much on price multiples because mm. they can give you the wrong they can give you the wrong sort of sense of valuation. Um, certainly, there are a number of sectors that we think are still over earning, where that normalisation of earnings still has to play out. Uh, retail, I think you referenced, is one example of that. Retailers had a great COVID. Uh, their sales levels are still elevated relative to historical trends. Their margins are still elevated as well. Um, and there's some argument to say they're going to go from over-earning to a period of, of under-earning if we're heading into an environment where yeah. the consumer discretionary um, pressure is greater, uh, and that's something we're alive to. There's a number of other sectors where we think they're probably still over-earning. Uh, agriculture's had a great three years with almost perfect weather conditions, uh, housing construction. price and volume. Correct. You know, yeah. Exactly. That's exactly yeah. right. And we're seeing all early evidence of that starting to come back. Mm. Um, we've seen housing construction been very strong. Of course, energy has been really strong as well. So there's a number of sectors in the market where we think the still earnings are elevated mm. and we just want to be careful that you're not leaning into a, a price signal that might not reflect the fact that value that earnings still need to come back. Mm. And I know, I know it's, it's not really uh, your position, but with smalls versus large, do, you, do your large cap counterparts see value a little bit differently than what you do? Yeah, well, you've had an environment over the last 12 months where in you know, 2022, the large cap sector ended the year flat, mm. predominantly because of energy, banks, uh, and probably insurance to some extent, whereas the small cap sector was down 18%. And that was from a starting point where valuations were already uh, larger than history. So that's widened further. And you've now got an environment where the small cap 
sector is trading, particularly the industrials, at a 20-year discount to the large caps, so north of 20%. Yeah, that, that, that is very interesting. And so economy now starting to look a bit further afield uh, into the forward period. So what do you think will be the characteristics of successful companies in uh, the forward period for your portfolio? Yeah, I think it's really interesting. There's a lot of discussion at the moment about will we have a soft or a hard landing for the economy? Will we have a recession? How deep will it be? We're looking over the horizon to the environment that we're going to be operating in post that. Um, and I think it's really important. That's the investment horizon that we think about when we're, when we're picking companies. Um, and I think the environment we're going to be operating is one of low growth. You know, we've had an environment over the last 10 years of interest rate declines being a tailwind. Uh, that won't be present. Uh, and we'll be operating in an environment of, you know, potentially some pretty significant population growth headwinds for a number of major economies. Uh, and so against that backdrop, I think the sort of companies that will win will be those that can generate earnings growth. So if you think about the last 10 years, there's been a PE re-rate or a multiple re-rate on the back of interest rates. Going forward, it's, it's going to be about companies that can grow earnings uh, and those companies that can generate market share growth, I think, and that's what we're focused on. And so when we've, uh, you know, historically discussed uh, earnings growth in the last couple of years, it got, can we say, a little perverse in the sense that it was very out there in the future, very long duration, as as you know, some would call it. Where do you think the the kind of sweet spot will be? Will it be that very long duration um, growth again, or will it be a little bit shorter? Yeah, I, th- I think it'll be the middle ground. So the companies that really benefit over the last three or four years were those, as you call out, those very long duration, so long duration they don't even have any cash flow mm. earnings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they were the perhaps winners. with discount rate zero, you know, yeah, so yeah. you can make your own value. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. But, you know, as we talked about, that interest rate uh, tailwind won't be there. So it'll be companies that have genuine earnings, um, genuine cash flow uh, and genuine earnings growth, I think, that will be the winners going forward. Mm. And and I think your your major thesis is probably for a softish landing in, in Australia. And so you kind of talked about population growth is, you know, beneficial um, some, some good sectors. I know that you've uh, been talking about lithium in uh, particular as well. Um, so Australian equities, not too bad. The Australian economy, you're seeing it being, you know, generally quite positive compared to our world. Yeah, so the Australian economy, we think, should fare relatively better. You're absolutely right. You called out population growth. We're now starting to see net migration sort of heading towards 2% again. Uh, the starting point's pretty good around employment, around national income. And obviously, we've got very strong export prices for most of our commodities. Australia's also really well positioned around the energy transition. You know, we're the largest um, exporter of lithium. It's a huge industry for us now. Uh, you know, large natural gas exporter. Uh, we have really strong copper deposits. All of those commodities will be major, have major roles to play in the energy transition. So, you know, from a relative perspective, Australia actually um, looks okay. What's interesting is, particularly for the small caps that I look after, um, they tend to be more exposed to Australian companies. Um, they tend to be net As in importers. the local economy, in a yep. sense. Yep. yep. They have much bigger exposure from an earnings perspective to the Australian economy. So um, counterintuitively, relative to where valuation sit, they should fare relatively better. Uh, and, you know, one of our other sort of macro themes is we think the Australian dollar will head north. Uh, if that's the case, the small caps should do better as well because they tend to be net importers. Good, very good news for travellers as well too. Um, and so looking ahead, uh, is there any positive leading indicators that you're seeing that instill you with confidence? 
Yeah, so obviously the, the relative position of the Australian economy, I think, is, is one to definitely call out. You know, I think we're largely through the interest rate cycle. So I think from that perspective, um, you know, we're, we're late in that stage. Um, what was interesting um, is I think the boards and management of companies in Australia were probably a little more confident than we expected them to be. You know, they've had their balance sheets are in great shape. Um, most companies have travelled through COVID better than they expected. Uh, and so I think there's a willingness to invest and grow and start to get and do M&A uh, and start to get back on the front foot again. So, you know, there's definitely some lead indicators there that I think are cause for optimism. Um, Australia is is feeling the pressure from an economic point of view, but navigating, um, you know, reasonably well, given the circumstances. Mm. And uh, being in the small uh, space, you would probably see IPOs, which virtually ground to a halt uh, over 22. Is uh, that looking a little better in 23? Yeah, with the market holding up well, uh, with you know some companies starting to do M&A and do capital raisings and those going well, we're starting to see the lead indicators of some IPO activity, which is non-deal roadshows coming into the diary. Yep. Uh, it's early stage, but yes, that lead indicator is starting to show signs of life. Very busy then, I can imagine. Yeah, for absolutely. You. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so just kind of wrapping up, uh, we said at the top that many, this, many of the conditions were around volatility, a, a lot of uncertainty as well about hard or soft landing, interest rates nearly finished or there's still got more to go. There, there's a lot of uh, different opinions out there and I suppose within that kind of vacuum, if you will, there's, you know, it sounds positive for active management. So do you think, I'm going to ask this another way as well, do you think that we've seen peak passive, as uh, some have called it? Yeah, now I've obviously got a vested interest in this conversation, yep. so I'm going to acknowledge no, that up front. Fair enough. Yep. Uh, but it is interesting to think about the last 10 years has been really just a big beta play. You know, beta was the driver, and in that environment, there's not much value attributed to alpha. And I think that when you have a, a strong beta environment, I think it does give rise to passive index. And we've seen that obviously over the yep. last 10 years. Yep. Um, even the small lords has a very high percentage of its um, ownership now, passive index and quant. Mm. Uh, and we see that every day in the way stocks are performing. Uh, but you think about going forward, um, beta is going to be much lower in a low growth environment. Um, there's been a lot more volatility. Um, I think the, you know, the directional bet is not one yeah, way as it yeah. has been. It could be a bit sideways years. as well. As, yeah, as absolutely. Yeah. So I think that is a really good environment for active management, for stock selection being important again. Uh, and, you know, I wonder whether, you know, we may see that active management and, you know, people trying to access alpha in a lower beta environment may actually step up again. Yeah. No, very good times, I can imagine. So I imagine it's been a uh, interesting reporting season. It's kept you on your toes and uh, hopefully portfolio is all in good shape and you're excited about the years ahead. Yes, thank you. Well, we're pleased to say we, we had a really good reporting season from a performance perspective. Uh, but from, from our, you know, the, from our investment lens, we're looking over the long term uh, and finding a lot of opportunities in this volatility. Excellent. Uh, we'll leave it there. Thanks for coming in, Katie. Pleasure. Thanks, Damien. Appreciate Thanks. it. 